0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. The all-star break is here. But we still have some NBA topics to break down, including another player, finding a new home off the buyout market. We're also going to talk a little bit about how exactly the buyout market works, why some teams might not like it, why other ones do. Some teams have asked for reform. We're going to get into all of that. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA joined by Keith Smith. Find him on Twitter at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, here we are. We're, we're into it. The all-star break. It's here. Players are, are off. They're going to places, going on vacations. Some are going to Cleveland. But uh, the the NBA news cycle keeps churning.
2: It does. It, I, I I'm I'm a little upset. You didn't come, and I wore my purple and yellow Orlando City soccer hat. But it's purple and yellow. I wore it for you today, off your your big win. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate uh, last that. night. So I, I wore it because I took a nap and I have a bed head. So <laughs> I uh, I threw a hat on and it was on top. So um, but yeah, it's uh, you know, it's funny that you said um people are going to um good ringer going on vacation that's a good ringer there. yeah that I'd was like my that. phone ring I like that you got it is the, the office, office theme song there, there. My, my i ring like song. it yes um that was not the simmons Simon. that has not <laughs> been retired um <laughs> it's uh yeah some are going on vacation to nice warm mm-hmm. places uh and some are headed to cleveland um you know for other reasons such as the all-star oh. game and it's funny i don't know how many people around the NBA have told me the NBA All Star Game should only ever be in a warm place? Like nobody wants it in, you know, Cleveland, New York, right. Toronto, where you know might be snow on the ground. But at any rate, you know that's that's where we're headed to. We've got one more night of games to go uh, as we're recording this on Thursday. But yeah, we, we've got a uh, news coming. I'm, we're waiting to see it. I assume Goran Dragic. Cleared waivers about a half hour ago as we're recording this. Uh, you know, extremely unlikely he was going to be claimed. But uh, well, we may find out as soon as tonight maybe where his uh, next home is going to be. Yeah, it would be interesting to see
1: where he lands. We've talked about Miami. We've talked about maybe Milwaukee being an option for him. But I think a lot of teams are going to be interested. He's going to be at the top of a lot mm-hmm. of two people's boards on the bio market. So we'll see where he winds up. Yeah, I'm already in all-star break mode. I know there's some more games tonight, but still. Oh, yep. it's it, we're Damn. there. A lot of players have already taken off around the NBA, except, except <laughs> yeah. for the guys who have to, the, the guys who are playing tonight. I'm curious to see what, what we're going to see in terms of effort, intensity, all that stuff. When for the teams that are playing tonight, they're looking around the rest of the league like <laughs> you, like there's guys already yeah. in Cancun right now. Like, you know, that that's oh, a yeah. thing. I, I'm curious to see I... what that's going to look like.
2: I can't tell you how many locker rooms I've been in in this this uh, last day before the All-Star break and the conversations are not about pick and roll coverages and how we're going to break down a zone defense it's about what time's your flight to somewhere very warm usually um you know and that that's even being here in Orlando guys are talking about getting somewhere warmer than here so uh yeah I don't I I don't think too many guys are uh you know, overly focused, as witnessed the Boston Celtics uh, letting the Pistons snag eighteen offensive rebounds in a uh, you know streak busting loss last night that it uh, you know, was was not a good Keith,
1: one. I I am I'm going to take the blame on that. I think that was on <laughs> me because yesterday in the show I talked about how I was happy for your mentions, and then I saw after yeah. what what was it, it was a ten game win streak nine, nine okay games. So nine yeah, so that would have been, yeah, been ten a nine game win streak one game. You lose by one point, and your mentions went to hell again. I'm, I'm, unbelievable, unbelievable, man.
2: Yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, there are people like it, you know, you you know how it is. You you get to recognize the names, mm-hmm. um, after a while that, that are in your mentions. You you kind of know what their angle probably is, and what ultimately I think is these guys have not been around much over the last two weeks, really not been around much in 2022 as the Celtics have played well, but one bad loss boy. And they, they were right back in full force, but enough about yep. that. Let's get into news and notes here and, and uh, start, start talking about some stuff that's going around, like going around the NBA.
1: Let's go to, I, I thought this was interesting more. So maybe just for who broke the news on this. So, <laughs> so per Rick Carlisle, the coach of the Indiana Pacers, Tristan Thompson, his soon-to-be former player, will be signing with the Chicago Bulls. Uh, I think it's kind of interesting that you have a head coach acting as a newsbreaker in this sense, but Tristan Thompson getting bought out and will land in Chicago. Now we heard at the trade deadline that Chicago was in on trying to find another center. There were a few different names mm-hmm. that, uh, that kind of floated by that they were rumored to have interest in. And now they're getting a guy off the bio market and Tristan Thompson who can help them, but not a guy that's going to eat up a ton of minutes, but can at least give you a little bit more force on the boards. Um, again, I'm not expecting him to play, you know, 25 minutes a night or anything like that, but an interesting tandem now with Tristan Thompson and Busevich in the middle.
2: Yeah, two things on this. What's funny is Rick Carlisle broke this right after their game last night when Tristan Thompson played 21 <laughs> minutes and scored 17 points off the Pacers bench. So it was like, hey, thanks for that. You know, good luck in Chicago. Well, what, well, what if he had only scored 10 points and played poorly? Like, words are like, nope, you have to stay another week. We're not letting <laughs> you go. Like, yeah, it was just, it was very funny the way, way this went down. And this was probably one for the Pacers where I assume they're thinking – All right. Coming out of the all-star break, we'll have uh, Goga Batadze was out with a sore foot, but we'll have him back. We'll have Jalen Smith. We're hopeful to get Miles Turner back some point after. There's no point in keeping Tristan Thompson buried on our bench. Let's set him free now. Now he can sign with the Bulls when he clears waivers and then rejoin them as they come back for their practices post-All-Star. And he'll be able to go. As far as impact with the Bulls goes, I'm not told that he's much of an upgrade over Tony Bradley Uh at this point. I think it's, he, he wasn't great with Boston last year. He's really kind of lost a lot of what made him good, but if he can give them 15 minutes a night by Nikola Vucevic and be somewhat of an upgrade on Tony Bradley, then, then you're, then you're fine. Then it worked out great for you and, uh, and off you go. I still think that team could really use another guard or a wing, but they prioritize getting another big in there. And I think, you know, all right, that's, that's, that's not bad, right? To get Tristan Thompson on a prorated uh, veteran minimum for the rest of this year.
1: Absolutely, like I said, he can still be a factor on the boards, um, and we'll see. We'll see. I mean, and it could be even situational come playoff time. Maybe you need another big body at some point, and
2: so you turn to him. And it could be some other yeah. matchups you you don't. So, well, think about it too. If you're the Bulls, right, you're thinking we got to go through Joel Embiid uh-huh, at some that's point, it. possibly. We want another guy who we can throw out there. At least it's six fouls, beat up on him, beat a little bit. Um, no, you know, Thompson is certainly willing and able to do that. So yeah, I mean it's not I, I I'm not gonna criticize yeah. this unless they get really silly with who they waive for Tristan Thompson. I'm just not expecting that this I'm not now all of a sudden, well, put the bulls past, right. you know, the heat and the bucks or anybody else in the East. I still think of the bulls the same way I thought of them before is if their main guys get healthy, Zach Levine, Alex Grusso, Alonzo ball, then, you know, off we go with, with them. But, you know, I'm not, this isn't going to hurt them by any means. I don't no, think. No, and, and
1: we'll talk about this. We're going to break down kind of the buyout market in general in just a minute, but that's, that's also the nature of the beast here is these are very low i mean basically no risk moves on the buyout market mm-hmm. from the club's perspective and usually the the reward's not super you're not talking about getting a guy that's you know like a power shift or representing a power shift in the nba when you're talking about getting somebody on the buyout market yeah
2: and just to close the loop yeah. on that i just checked he has been waived oh, okay. today so he'll uh clear t- today is thursday so he'll clear a waiver saturday night uh, my guess is just just to the, the Bulls will time this up so he can join them when they all get or getting back uh, from, from all-star break, which will probably be Tuesday, Wednesday mm-hmm. for Chicago. I don't know when they play uh, coming out of the break.
1: All right. Uh, before we get into our discussion of the buyout market, we do have to mention, unfortunately, and I already spent a lot of time talking about this. Oh, yeah. Anthony Davis, uh, gruesome injury. That was, that was one of the worst turned ankles I've ever seen. Uh, his ankle hit the floor, basically. It, it was nasty. And uh, and so that was a big injury last night against the Utah Jazz. Now, the Lakers did battle back and wind up actually winning the game. Uh, credit to LeBron mm-hmm. and Russell Westbrook and Austin Reeves made some big plays. A number of guys chipped in, and the Lakers were able to come away with the win. Uh, but obviously now they're going to be without Anthony Davis. And I'll tell you what, Keith, Dave McMenamin of ESPN put out a piece where He said the timeline is at least two weeks for Anthony Davis. When I saw that, I went, there's no way. There's no way we're talking two weeks. I I hate, and the Lakers in particular have a history of doing this where they let information get out that is underselling how long it's going to take for a player to heal from an injury, which then creates expectations. See, a lot of fans will see that and hear, oh, cool, he's back in two weeks, and then get upset when that that doesn't happen, when that's Mm -hmm. not necessarily exactly what's being said but just that number getting out there can create that expectation. I don't foresee any way that he would be back in 2 weeks based on how severe that injury looked.
2: Yeah, I would be absolutely shocked if it was 2 weeks. My my guess is it's going to be 4 mm-hmm. to 6 is is more looking like this. And this is not me taking shots at Anthony no, Davis. No. Just given his history, he tends to be a little bit of a slower healer than some other guys. Like we we like LeBron might have had something similar and might be out two weeks. Cause it just, you know, LeBron comes back quickly from stuff in general. AD it tends to take him, you know, whatever the longer end of the timeline is. And that's not, I'm not, I, there was a lot of gross stuff going around on the timeline last night that I just don't be that person that, you know, and I'm not being uptight. And, you know, Trevor knows I have a, I have a pretty good sense of humor and it tends to be a pretty, uh, you know, Uh, crazy sense of humor at times just this isn't funny like you know it's I honestly when I I didn't see it live then I turned and turned and got to see the replay and I thought oh Gordon Hayward yeah instantly Mm -hmm. that's where my head went that's you know where my head goes on those plays um now thankfully when you could see him his foot was not still turned the wrong way uh like Gordon Hayward's was but yeah really really bad um You know, I think in a lot of ways this is fortunate that it's not—it's not, you know, at least six weeks. You know, um, I'm with you. I, you know, this is almost one where don't like, just don't say anything. Let it get it. Get his MRI done. You know, release your statement as a team after that. But I know that's not how the news cycle works. But yeah, it's a. This is tough. I, you know, I just did a radio appearance and they asked me about the Lakers, and I said what's getting difficult for the Lakers is. Even if you get into the playoffs, if you can get through the playoffs, play in and into the playoffs, how much of these guys can have left? Because you're you're gonna you're asking so much of especially LeBron James to carry this heavy, heavy load. And he's doing it without having the ability to take that kind of two week break that you know we've seen kind of become a thing for him in February or March. So that that that's what my worry becomes for the Lakers.
1: Absolutely. And he did have a quote a couple of days ago after practice where he was asked about his knee. And he essentially said, we don't have the luxury of resting the knee. The only way it's going to heal is through rest. And we can't do that. So uh, but of course, he was fantastic against the Utah Jazz. Uh, You you mentioned the fan response on Anthony Davis. I was I was pretty upset about that as well. I guess Mm -hmm. upset isn't really the word. It was disappointed because we tend and you and I look at it this way, too. I don't care what team the player's on. I don't care if they're a Celtic. I don't care if they're a Clipper. I don't care if they're a rival of the Lakers. It doesn't matter. I don't want to see anybody getting hurt. I don't want to see a player miss games due to injury. And I think in, I don't want to dive too far into this, but the Charles Barkley comment where he started nicknaming Anthony Davis street clothes. I really wish there was a way to go back and undo that because it's created like this acceptance of like, Oh, Hey, it's okay to make fun of, his misfortune and and so i saw a lot of that in the wake of that injury and in the moment Mm -hmm. we were thinking his his ankles could be broken right like that's that was that was the instant fear was that it was even more serious than it looked once they got into the x-ray and all of that and there were still just all kinds of people cracking jokes i saw i saw a lot of fans of other teams that were out and out celebrating celebrating the injury and it was just just so gross to see so Ah, I mean, like you said, don't yeah. don't be don't, that person. Don't, don't that do person. that kind yep. of stuff. It's just, it's not, it's not okay. Even if you've got keyboard courage and you're just on social media and all that kind of stuff, not yeah. cool.
2: No, I I don't have, like, remember when Derrick Rose got hurt in the playoffs? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I never was upset with i think they were playing philly in that first round if i remember correctly i didn't have any problem with the philly fans who weren't celebrating the injury but were hey this makes this gives us a shot now right we we have a chance to win this series that maybe we didn't have otherwise that i don't have a problem with because that's focus on your team you know and and we're gonna yeah i also don't have a problem if you know if we're a year from now, doing this, and there's talk about Anthony Davis, and we have to talk about Anthony Davis has been injury prone sure. throughout his career. But that's just reasonable, fair analysis. It's the the, the jokes and picking on a guy and kicking on more, kicking him when he's down. Just no, like just don't. It's just not. It's yeah. It's just you know, you say disappointed for me. It's disgusted. I hate stuff like that. You know, somebody wanted to have the rational discussion of, you know, man. You know, if you're the Lakers, you know, what do you do longer term here? Can you trust Mm -hmm. him to stay healthy and all those kind of things? And this one was a fluke one. This isn't one of those where he's just running down the court and all of a sudden he pulls up and he's like holding a hamstring or something. This is, you know, this could happen to anybody. But yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I, I, yeah, it's, you know, let's move on to other topics, but just be better. Just don't, don't, don't,
1: you know, celebrate injuries, as you said. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's not, let's not put that kind of karma out there
2: no yeah because you don't put on anybody <laughs> no. doing it if
1: it's no, absolutely you. not That's for sure. absolutely not okay let's talk about the buyout market so let's get into yeah. kind of the way this works because it's almost become as the years have gone on it's become a more and more controversial thing um in terms sure. of just how it operates uh, some people look at it as something that actually stagnates the trade deadline to a degree um so let, let's start from the beginning though why is the buyout market a thing why, why does this exist let's let's start there and then we'll then we'll build from that point
2: yeah the bio market was it, it's been around for a very mm-hmm. long time it's just become as you said a much bigger thing over the years than it used to be but what the bio market has really grown into is it's it's your kind of last shot at upgrading your roster before the postseason, So you kind of have the, the off-season, right? That's your big one. That's when you build the bulk of your team. Then you have the trade season. That's when you can, you know, just like it says, make trades and upgrade your team there. Then you go from there into its buyout season. And what happens in buyout season? It really runs in this, this case. It's open now. People ask you, when does it open? It, There's really not a true start. It, it more or less starts, though, when the trade deadline passes. Then, But there is an end. March 1st at 5 p.m. Eastern, that's it. Guys got to be waived by then. Otherwise, they're not going to be eligible for the playoffs. So if it's somebody who hasn't been in the league all year, no issue, right? That guy can sign all the way up to the last day. I always think of Dante Jones, right? Two years in a row, caught on with the Cavs last day of the season and then made finals runs with them. Um, but if it's somebody who's on a roster right now, Tristan Thompson, Goran Dragic, good examples. They had to be waived by um, March 1st. So there'll be a handful of other guys up that will pop up for. They're waived after March 1st. They're not eligible for the playoffs. They can still catch on with the team and be with them. They just can't play in the postseason. And a lot of teams, you're not going to sign somebody. Generally that you feel really good about having and then be like, all right, now let's pull them out of the rotation and they're not going to be there. So that's kind of where it is. Why does it exist? Well, what generally happens is it's players for the most case that are in the final year of a contract that have a little bit more money than their incumbent team would really like to pay them. So it's, hey, give up a little bit of money. We'll set you free. You can go join a team you want to go to. We lower our cost for your contract, and off we go. That's what we saw with Goran Dragic. We'll ultimately find out with Tristan Thompson You know what those numbers look like if he gave up some money. When it's a guy on a minimum deal, they don't. You just wave yeah. them and move on. Uh, but when they're on a bigger deal than that, every once in a while we get somebody with, a couple years left. Blake Griffin, uh, last season was a good example of that. Maybe John Wall. We can talk about that in a minute here, but that's kind of where where the buyout season goes from there. So we've got, call it two weeks from today, really, for this to cut. Well, less than that because forget February is a short month. Um, but you know, couple. You know, week and a half or so um, and then we'll, we'll start seeing teams really settle into all right this is this is what we got this is what our roster is going to be for the rest of the year because we'll get through the bio period
0: We're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data
1: And what happens with the buyout market and why i think some people get you know up in arms about it is really it's the inverse of the way the nba is structured in terms of the flow of talent in general what the nba tries to do is they try to make sure that the bottom teams get players coming to them and get support through draft picks, through, you know, in in theory, the best teams are probably the teams that are spending the most on players, which means the worst teams probably have money to spend, and then they can go and get those players in free agency and offer more money. And obviously there's a lot of intricacy in that. A lot of our show is based around that. But essentially the idea Mm -hmm. is that, that the lower tier teams tend to have some advantages to allow them to go get players, and then the top tier teams are not able to grab those that's part of the why so many people were upset when kevin durant went to the golden state warriors like typically that's not really supposed to happen where a top 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 team like that can go get one of the best players in the nba but because of the circumstances that were taking place that specific offseason, that allowed that to happen normally you don't see that however you're getting the inverse in the buyout market where the best players who get bought out tend to land with the best teams in the nba and that's because of the way this system is almost every buyout player is going to get a veteran minimum deal so when suddenly Mm -hmm. the spending across the league is the same that's all flat from one team to another doesn't matter which team you go to you're getting the same amount of money that's where suddenly other things than money start to become a bigger priority and with buyout players it's typically opportunity and the chance to win so if you've got a chance and you just got bought out and you're playing for your next contract, you're going to be a free agent in a few months, you're going to go to a team that is giving you a chance to play meaningful minutes, and that usually means into the playoffs, so ergo the top teams, and a chance to win. You want a chance, especially if you're, you know, Goran Dragic, if you're 35 years old, you want a chance to win a championship. So the buyout market usually winds up funneling the best players to the best teams, and that's where we get a little bit of controversy where some other teams cry foul on this
2: yeah exactly and that, that that's it right because nobody nobody wants to see the rich get uh-huh. richer right everybody gets gets upset about this but the reality is i don't look at it that way because why why do i care if some team that's in the lottery gets a player i don't care about that you get 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 these guys on the best teams it 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 gets a little tiresome when it's Every year, it's the same three or four teams that can outspend everybody, you know are leaving a roster spot open or they just wave a player and take somebody in. I, but I mean, I don't know a lot of these things is I make my peace with it and move on because it's just not worth uh, you know using my my you know limited uh, brain capacity on being upset about um so I, I look at it as, yeah, these guys go to to the better teams. A couple things uh, with this too that get missed mm-hmm. um here is. These guys reach a buyout agreement, but they do go through waivers. So Goran Dragic, for example, was waived on Wednesday, um, but he's been going through the waiver process. So, or I'm sorry, he was waived on Tuesday. I'm all off this week. I mean, most of the day today, I've thought it was I've been right. doing the same thing. Um, so, yeah. So, to I like some of the players around the league, I am also ready for the all-star <laughs> break. Um, but it is uh, – it's – so you have to still go through waivers. Now, in the case of Dragic, his contract is $19.4 million. There's exactly one team in the league that could claim him. That's the Oklahoma City Thunder, and they're clearly not going to do that. So what happens in that case is it becomes, all right, can a team even claim the guy? Tristan Thompson like the Boston Celtics they're not going to but they have a trade exception big enough to claim Tristan Thompson because how you how you can claim a guy is either you have enough cap space that's the thunder scenario is there still 20 million under the salary floor um or you can have a trade exception big enough to fit the player's contract into and the Celtics have a 17 million dollar trade exception from the Evan Fournier sign and trade this past summer so they could claim Tristan Thompson The other thing is you also have to have an open roster spot or you have to be able to create one to be able to do that. So there are options for these guys to land other places. They just rarely do, because as Rick Carlisle so helpfully told us, it is. Lined up, generally, they're going to be bought out and they're going to go mm-hmm. somewhere. Dragic, that's probably a slightly different situation because the Spurs made that trade knowing he was never going to play. I I am almost certain he never even reported to San Antonio. Yeah. No, um, he's probably to. stayed right where he was, and the, the Spurs said, "Hey, thanks, you know, good luck." Waivers go in and off we go. Um, in this case, so just just a little bit of the the piece there, as you mentioned though. The vast majority of these guys will sign for the veteran minimum prorated for the rest of the year. So that means the market becomes then even and flat because it's, I can't get more money. Every once in a while, somebody has a little bit of an exception kicking around or right. maybe they have a disabled player exception and they can plus up their offer. Um, that, you know, occasionally happens. But the what the players look for is, can you win? And is there a role for me to play? Because they don't want to go somewhere if they're just going to sit. Yeah, every once in a while you'll get somebody who's much, much older and then will come in, you know, at the very tail end. But usually it's more of a, I want to play. Like Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge last year, they still wanted to play, and the Nets had room in their front court and needed front court guys. So they both signed on with with the Nets uh, throughout buyout season. So that's that's where we're at.
1: I see from time to time this get roped into the big market versus small market situation, and that's something that, I think it's a completely different discussion. It, it's it, yeah, players in this case, different. they're not worried about market size or whatever. They're worried about the things that we discussed. opportunity and the chance to win, and that's it. So it's not a big team, mm-hmm. small team, big market, small market. It, that's not here. That's not what this is. Correct. Uh, it is the top teams getting guys that some teams or some you know fans around the NBA will take issue with. I think the bigger thing for me, though, is the impact on the trade market. And you've got some teams yes. that say, yeah, no, we don't want to give up assets in a trade. We're not going to trade for this player. We're just going to wait until this player or someone like them gets bought out. And then we're going yep. to just pick them up for free without having to give up assets, which of course they do. I don't know if this is something that needs to be litigated out of the league or something that really needs to be fixed. But I've seen sure. some people that that haven't been thrilled that it kind of stifles trades because the assumption is that player X is just going to wind up on the buyout market. So we'll just wait you out.
0: Mother's day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue Nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones. Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast. Most items can ship overnight. Plus enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special mother's day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
2: Yeah, I I generally, where I don't get overly worked up about this one is it's pretty rare. It's about once every five or six years that one of these guys really swings something for, for a team Uh, last year, Blake Griffin did kind of really improve the nets, right? He really played well and really kind of helped them. So that is, you know, that that is, is interesting um, with the way that comes together, but I am not in a position where I, I, I look at it and say, Oh man, this is, you know, the the scourge of the league. We got to stop this. I do think there are bigger issues as far as, you know, As much as the NBA salary cap tries to be an equalizer, we have the Warriors and the Nets are so far past it and the Clippers that they can't even see it at this point, the luxury tax line. That's a bigger problem to me than anything on the buyout market because those teams can just, you know, they've proven over the last couple years, they'll just outspend everybody. So that's where I, I have far more of an issue with that and think, you know, maybe we need to do something around that. Maybe there should be stiffer penalties as far as, you know, hey, you pass this, maybe you lose a draft pick or something mm-hmm. like that beyond just there. Maybe that draft pick gets still made and put back into the pool for one of the worst teams in the league or something. I don't know. Or maybe the team that doesn't spend, but then you run into teams you just wouldn't spend just to not spend. So I don't, I'm very much working through this on the fly <laughs> right here. So I don't have the answers. But the bio market, I don't have an issue with it, mm-hmm. you know, because. It is what it is. And in the end of the day, I want to see these guys, you know, land on better teams, even if they have a chance to be okay, right? Like I, I think, you know, we, we've got a chance for that to be, uh, you know, good and see see them plus up uh, things a little bit. Absolutely. And, you know, these,
1: these players are largely not going to shift the power that much, as you mentioned in the NBA. Yeah. And the challenge is if you're going to try to fix it, every single time we've seen the NBA try to fix something, there has been something unforeseen that happens as a result there's been some sort of uh, of consequence that maybe they weren't anticipating for example you know owners said okay we don't want these long contracts anymore we don't want to be paying the luke waltons of the world for six years or seven years you know these super long deals okay cool we're gonna go shorter contracts oh wait now we've got all this player movement man we, we don't want to be in this situation where players <laughs> yeah. are leaving our franchises so so quickly Well, you know, there's going to be consequences to just about everything that you do. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it can be unforeseen. So that would be my hesitation to trying to fix this or, or, you know, fix it. I don't know if it really needs fixing and you can accidentally create other problems by tinkering with things too much.
2: And maybe one of the things you could do is, you know, hey, if you're above the tax apron, which is roughly six million above just the tax line, you're not eligible to sign, mm-hmm. you know, a free agent for the rest of the year. Maybe that's an answer, but that runs tricky too. What, what if you have a guy, you know, you know, really get injured, but he's a a guy that's like on the end of a contract, and you're like, all right, you know, this guy's, you know, kind of done. I want to, you know, move this guy, man. Maybe you move you you that that penalizes that team to be able to replace that player i I, like i said i don't have all the answers but maybe yeah you could get something there but yeah i think it's um i i think it's it's there's solves to this you know we'll we'll see where it goes um so far it's really it's been you know Dragic and thompson have been the guys who've Hmm. landed you know so far as far as landing in the bio market we we still haven't heard the um the, the Drogic landing spot yet. I, I assume that'll be coming at some point, but yeah, let's, let's, let's see where this one goes.
1: All right. I think that's about all we needed to say on, on the bio market just in terms of how it works and everything. But I am curious yep. for everybody watching or listening, let us know in the comments section if on YouTube, what's your take on the bio market How do you feel about it? Do you think it needs to be adjusted by the NBA and in the next CBA? Let us know your thoughts on, on the, bio and market. if you
2: hate it, tell us what you think they should exactly. do. Exactly. Like uh, that, that I'm curious about. Yeah.
1: What, what is the solution? If there are parts of it that you, that you don't like. So let us know in the comment section, if you're listening over on Apple podcasts or Spotify, wherever, send us a review, hopefully a five-star review and let us know what you would do about the buyout market. Keith, I think that's about all that I've got for today. We'll see this druggage thing. We've been waiting. It's going to be, it's going to break any time now, probably as soon as we stop here. But if that happens, then we'll, we'll get (laughs) to it uh, tomorrow.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, well, guys, we may not be doing the Monday through Friday over the next little bit. We we may uh, angle for a little bit of time off. But if there's major news, you guys know we'll come to you with it. And we'll, we'll we'll figure that out. But we uh, you know, we 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 went long on uh, you know a bunch of stuff going into the trade deadline and going into the All Star break. You know, may yeah you know, we we may take a little All Star break of, of ourselves. I'm not I'm not going anywhere warmer than where I already am, which is pr- pretty nice. I will say I, I don't want to make uh, you know three quarters of the country angry at me, but it's, it's pretty nice here in central Florida. So probably going to stay right.
1: Put. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere as well, but you know what? Uh, it will be nice to get a little bit of a break here and then we can hit the, <laughs> hit the final stretch of the season with uh, some recharge yeah. batteries. Yep. Get into the good. Absolutely. Part. Absolutely. All right, everybody, give us your thoughts in the comments down below. Don't forget subscribe right here to the NBA front office show on YouTube. Turn on those notifications as well. Till next time, stay safe and see ya.